0: Welcome to episode four of the Ageless Glamour Girls podcast. I am your host, Marquita Curtis Haynes, founder and CEO of the lifestyle brand Ageless Glamour Girls. Today, we're discussing a subject that touches the lives of so many of us. We're talking about being a caregiver. It's a crucial role, and it can bring so much burnout with a quickness. Today, we're sharing some tips on self-care for caregivers. We have two guests, Denise Brown, a certified caregiving consultant and founder of the Caregiving Years Training Academy. Now, she launched that in April of 2020 after selling caregiving.com, an online community. She launched in 1996. Welcome to the show, Denise.
1: Thank you so much. I'm grateful
0: to be here. Thank you. Also joining us is another Denise, Denise Rhodes, a certified health coach, wife, mother, grandmother and caregiver to three Denise also runs a Facebook group called Healthcare tips for women who care for the elderly and autism welcome to the show Denise thank you
2: I am just so blessed and honored to be a part of your program today
0: thank you um I just want to just get give a few statistics right off the top because they are mind-blowing um this is according to caregiving a report that was done in um, the US in 2020, 53 million Americans are providing unpaid care for relatives and friends. And most of those caregivers are looking after people who are age 50 or older. Um, And as far as the gender of the caregiver, 61% are female, 39% male, and just over half of family caregivers are age 50 or older. And this number here, the number of care recipients 76% care for one adult, 24% care for two or more adults. Those numbers just blew my mind when I first um, ran across them. So I want to start with you, Denise Brown. You've witnessed it all. And I know you speak from the heart. Besides being in this field, you also take, you took care of your own parents. Tell us about that.
1: I actually still help my parents, they're 90 and 87. And I started helping after my dad's 2004 bladder cancer diagnosis. My sister actually left the workplace, left the workforce to be able to help them three days a week. And then I help them one day a week and then as needed. And what I find is caregiving takes so much patience. Mm-hmm and that yet we struggle to have enough patience. I wish that we could go to Target and buy a bottle of patience when we Mm. run out, but we can't. So we're always trying to find the patience. And I think we also feel the guilt. We feel guilty for our impatient moments. I also think the defining emotion of caregiving is worry. We are worried about Mm -hmm. what could be next. Mm -hmm. There's always another crisis around the corner. Mm -hmm. There's always another shoe that's going to drop and we're trying Mm -hmm. to catch it. And we're trying to keep our life during a life of caregiving, and that's tough.
0: That's right, and that brings me to my my next question. How important is it for caregivers to put themselves first and seriously practice self-care?
1: It is important because we have a future It doesn't feel like it, but when we're caring for aging relatives, caregiving does end and we want to arrive in our future in the best shape possible, the best shape physically, emotionally, spiritually, and financially. There's a common saying, which is we have to put our oxygen mask on first just like they tell us to do in the plane. Mm -hmm. And I want to tell you why that doesn't fit in a caregiving experience. When you're sitting on a plane, an oxygen mask drops for everyone. Mm -hmm. In a caregiving experience, it often doesn't play out that way. There aren't enough oxygen masks for everyone because there's not enough time for everyone, or so it feels like. Mm -hmm. So you're always in a situation where you feel like you're choosing Who gets my time right now? And it always feels like someone has to wait. And that's a horrible feeling Mm -hmm. that you can't Mm -hmm. be enough for everyone. And I think we have to really start with this idea that we are enough, Mm. that we are facing tough decisions every moment within the day. Mm -hmm. And what we can do is enough. We don't have to be superhuman. That's not how we're built. We are built to be imperfectly human, Mm -hmm. which means we are enough as we are.
0: That's right. And it's important to keep saying that, I tell you, because we cared for my mother for several, several, several years. And and it was tough, you know, but you you just keep pushing through. Um, I want to turn now to Denise Rhodes. Denise, you're twice retired. Your main career was that of an accountant at a bank for over 20 years. And now you're a caregiver to three people. Tell us your story.
2: Well, let me tell you, (laughs) I never imagined that I would be a caregiver to three people. I knew one person. I had a son. I'll start out my story with I have a son that is 34 years old that is uh, in the special needs spectrum. And so, you know, when I gave birth to him, I knew that I was going to be his caregiver forever. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we make our adjustments. We deal with the situation at hand. And so here we are then two years ago my dad had a fall at home and he well let me back up he he and my mom moved away um 25 years ago they lived here in the chicagoland area so they decided to retire and go back to where they were both born and raised and that Mm -hmm. was in mississippi so my mom passed 23 years ago Mm -hmm. and so after her you know passing my dad was there by himself he never mm-hmm. remarried and he um you know took care of himself and his farm but two years ago right before the pandemic oh one other thing he did he does suffer with depression for 35 years so mm. while I was pregnant with my son he was suffering with depression and my mom was his caregiver but wow. he could you know but he could take care of himself right right but you know with depression you have those episodes right And so, um, so to, like I said, right before the pandemic, he had a fall. And so he decided, we decided me and my two older brothers, I'm the only girl and daddy's girl. And so he wanted to live with me. So, (laughs) you know, I had to talk it over with my husband. So everybody was in agreement that he could come here and Mm -hmm. stay with us. So he's been here for the last two years and it's been pretty good dealing with my son, my father. But then within the last year and a half, my husband had an incident where someone um, attacked him. He went to the bank and they followed him home and they
1: mm.
2: uh, attacked him. And so in our, right in our backyard, right in our driveway, really. And so that triggered him into going into like dementia. Oh, wow. And so now I have, not only do I have to take care of my special needs son, my dad, now I'm taking care of my husband who is having issues. And, and just this week, we um, took his car. They came and got his car. We got rid of the car. Mm-hmm. So he knows that he can't
0: drive as of as of now. Right. And then, yeah, we did that to my mother. And that's a whole nother podcast right now, right there. <laughs> when do you <laughs> right. take those keys away, right? It's like, Wow. Um, so how do you do it?
2: How do you get through day to day? Well, you know, a lot of people ask me the same question. And it comes naturally for me with my son. You know, you, lo- you, do for you-, you love your family. You mm-hmm. love, But for your child, you're going to do anything and everything that you can do to make a best life for them. Mm-hmm. So for me, taking care of him is no brainer. But to have the other adults to come in and now that I have to take care of them, it's challenging because they all have three different personalities.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: My dad, my son is the loving one. So he is very easy to get along with. Mm-hmm. I, I can tell him whatever to do. He'll do it. My dad is, he I'm 61 years old and my dad looks at me as I'm six years old.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: when, you know, you're trying to give them, advice and tell them what they need to do uh-huh. i get all this pushback so it's it's difficult with him and then my husband he's right now is just going along with everything you know he he has his moments where he get uh-huh. frustrated because you know he was this once this person that was able to do everything you know right Right. He was, yeah. So now he you know, he's dependent so much on me. And that wasn't how our
0: relationship was. Right. So right.
2: It's, it's challenging. It's real challenging.
0: Denise Brown, any advice for Denise? What are your what are your thoughts as you listen to her?
1: You know, what strikes me is we think that we have some we think we should be insulated from bad luck during caregiving because we have enough of it already. And the story about your husband is just absolutely tragic. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. horrible. Mm -hmm. And, and we have caregiving and then we still have other tragedies, which I think just compounds the emotions that we experience. In my situation, my mom had a heart attack in July. She's had declining health for many years. Mm -hmm. And we thought my mom was going to be the one who died. And then three, three weeks after her heart attack, my brother suddenly died. Wow. And then we were in a situation where we were trying to just come to terms with the shock of his death, support our parents. Oh, it was just a nightmare. Man. I think that what that is sometimes what gets to be so difficult. Denise, you really were so expressive about caring for your son Mm-hmm. That feels mm-hmm. absolutely natural for you. Yes, It's the other parts that feel so unnatural that are so hard, plus all the heartache and grief that you have on top of it. I, I'm sure, especially around your husband because he probably is different, the relationship is different, your future future is different, your day is different. And I think that's that's hard. That's hard.
0: So, so that brings me to our next question. So people like Denise and others and you and I, how do you um, get through that? So I'm going to get more into self-care for caregivers. Um, what does that look like? What advice do you have, Denise? Do you have any, say, for example, top five tips, top 10 tips? What do you have?
1: Okay. I have, I guess, three tools. Mm-hmm. One is every worry needs a plan. People will tell us, oh, don't worry. 90% of what you worry about, you know, won't happen. The reality is we are living in the 10%. (laughs) So what Mm -hmm. we didn't even think to worry about is part of our life. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important for us to acknowledge that we're going to have these worries. And instead of just letting the worries fester and take over our brain matter, we can actually Mm -hmm. create plans for them. So every time there's a worry, think about what's the plan for my worry. And typically, Mm The plan is around communicating, talking it out with someone, talking out what could be a next step. Mm -hmm. I also think that we can think about two different types of plans. One is a daily healing plan. Thinking Mm -hmm. about what's the heartache today that I'm Mm -hmm. healing through. What can help me with that heartache? And then where do I want to go to feel better in terms of my emotions? So for instance, the day that your husband's car was taken away, that's a heartbreaking day. So you could think about, I'm healing through the heartbreak over my husband losing his car. I'm going to use the strategy of five minutes of prayer around ourselves and our future. Because what I want to come to is a place of peace around that situation. Mm-hmm. I also think we need a similar tool, but around recovery. A caregiving experience requires us to just manage the recovery from bad days, bad situations, and crises. So a recovery plan puts us into a state of action. Okay, I had a really bad day today. I'm recovering from a bad day. And I'm going to give myself an easier night by ordering in dinner. Because I want to be able to just feel like I made it. I got to the end of the day. It didn't mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. didn't get the best of me. I'm still walking and talking. So I think those three tools can be helpful. Really thinking about a plan for worries, mm-hmm. a, di- a daily healing plan, because grieving daily. is ever present mm-hmm. in our caregiving experience. And then mm-hmm. recovery, knowing that we have to give ourselves a chance to recover from the difficult days from the tough situations and from the caregiving crises. Mm -hmm.
0: And of course, thank you for that. That was great. And of course it helps to have siblings or friends to give you a break so you can do other things um, to take care of yourself. Um, Denise, what do you do for self-care? Wow.
2: She just gave me a couple of tips of things that I need to do that. So thank you, Denise. I really appreciate it. So for me, like she said, the daily prayer. So what I do first thing in the morning is I do a meditation. Mm -hmm. I get up first thing. I'm giving thanks to God that, you know, I am here, that I am able to take care of my loved ones. Mm -hmm. And so I always say, if you master the morning, you master your day. So Mm -hmm. to me, everything starts in that morning. So if you can have, I'm I'm a pretty upbeat person. I'm a very positive thinker. So for me, I definitely get my morning started. And then I go into... so, I, yeah, so for that, that's my uh, first thing. I do my meditation. And then when I am really need to get away, when I'm really having a stressful day, I'll take a walk. I have a little puppy here at the, in the house. Mm-hmm. So if you all heard my dog, <laughs> that was my little dog. But I go for daily walks with the dog just to get a break when things get really hectic. Uh, I, I take a walk or I even um, do I do a hula hoop class twice a week love that wow. you know i'm always keeping myself busy doing mm-hmm. things that I enjoy because mm-hmm. I feel like if you're not having your own life it's really so much harder mm. and I know people say it's so hard to find time but I always make time I find one hour out of at least three days a week to make time for me mm. so mm. that that's the first thing that i you know that I would tell anybody schedule an hour, at least three days throughout the week to make time for yourself. And you will, you'll thank yourself
0: for it. Mm, I like that. Um, wow. Yeah. Cause I was reading articles and there are all kinds of considerations and, and, and things that uh, you can do. And you guys covered a lot of them, you know, you know, that spend time in nature thing, you know, going out, walking with the dog. That, yeah. Could,
1: Could I be... mention something too? Sure. And that is this idea that our physical strength does add to our emotional and uh, mental well-being so you talked about hula hoop i mean Mm. how great for your core is that that's Mm. awesome i try to swim because when i swim it relaxes me but it also strengthens me And so when I go into the pool, I go in with my problems. And when I come out of the pool, I'm like, wait, what was I worried about? (laughs) What was I festering over? What didn't I think I could do? The problems stay in the pool. It's really pretty amazing. Yeah.
0: I like that. So, Mm -hmm. and this is, you know, you know, you always have to make this tough decision. You know, you know, you're at your wits end, the caregiver's at their wits end, Many families have to make that tough decision about what should we do now? I can no longer take care of my family member. My sibling can't. And now we have to have this discussion. Um, so what does that look like? What is that discussion, um, Denise Brown? How do you lighten that burden?
1: I think it's, it's hard. And one of the things that we have to be in our caregiving experience is truthful. Mm -hmm. And it often starts with ourselves. What's the truth about what I can do? What's Mm -hmm. the truth about my limits? Mm -hmm. And then when I reach my limits, who is it that can step in and help? And it could be a who, it could be a technology, it could be a what. I also Mm -hmm. think we want to make sure that people are aware of our limits as our limits change over time. Mm -hmm. We we, want to finish caregiving strong and feel like we did everything possible mm-hmm. through through the end mm-hmm. and it's important to know that caregiving is not a location based experience it's about the emotions mm. so if there is a, a time in your personal caregiving experience where you feel like okay we have to make a move and it's a move from home to a facility mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that you can you're still as important as ever in that caregiving experience Mm -hmm. and what you're doing is ensuring safety and quality of life Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. those are the two aspects that you want to keep in mind and it's quality of life for your carry and it's quality of life for you because you deserve quality of life as well so I would say don't keep it in Talk Mm -hmm. about what's difficult. Talk about the challenges. Make sure other family members understand it. And it's not because maybe they're going to step in and say, we're going to take over. We're going to do everything you need to help because oftentimes they don't. Mm -hmm. But you don't want to surprise anyone. You don't want to call on a Tuesday and say, I'm done. That's it. You Mm want to make sure that they're aware and informed throughout Mm -hmm. So that if you feel like you're getting to that place where it's too hard at home, it's not a surprise. It's just the next evolution of a conversation, which is, okay, now we have to think about what's next. I would Mm -hmm. also say, because we can't know and predict how caregiving actually plays out, it's always good to know about facilities in your community, home care agencies in your Mm -hmm. community, especially Mm -hmm. now because of the direct care workforce shortage. There's no guarantee that there's going to be a bed available in a facility that you like or a home care agency is going to be able to mm-hmm. staff your request. So you want to stay an active consumer of these services in your community, even if you're just just being aware of what's happening in your community around the healthcare care system. Mm-hmm. It's important that you are a consumer of these services by staying aware of what's available.
0: What resources are available? Thank God for the, you know, the web and, and easy access. But what should we be looking for? I know there are groups on Facebook, there are, there are groups, you know, well, mostly on Facebook. But uh, where can we find the resources? How do we go about looking for resources that will help? Support systems, etc. cetera.
1: Absolutely. So Facebook groups are so convenient and easy to use. It's mm-hmm. so important to connect to others who understand. In addition, you can call your local area agency on aging and ask for resources. And caregiving is all around us. Ask colleagues, ask friends, where do they go for support? If you're still working, check with your human resources department. Check into an employee assistance program. Mm -hmm. An employee assistance program often will research options for you around resources And there could be counseling sessions that are available to you free of charge. So you can think about stress management techniques, getting support around your grief and getting support about the emotional impact on you.
0: Mm -hmm. That's great. And when we talked about the Facebook groups. So, Denise, I want to ask you one more question, Denise Rhodes, um, about your Facebook group, "Healthcare Tips for Women Who Care for the Elderly and Autism. Tell us about what, what are you getting out of them and what are you giving to your um, followers in your group?
2: Well, thank you. Um, My group is basically to help people support them. So my group right now is that I'm giving them uh, suggestions on different things. So like with my dad, he suffers with diabetes. So I've been showing them and telling them about diabetes, what they should eat, what exercises that seniors should be doing. And then like my son, he uh, is special needs. Well, he suffers with seizures. So I talk about epilepsy. So I give different suggestions on different conditions, the conditions that I'm experiencing in my household. So like I said, diabetes, my dad also suffers with heart disease. So we Mm -hmm. talk about that high blood pressure. Mm -hmm. So the major health concerns that we have And just what you should do as a Mm -hmm. caregiver to care care for Mm -hmm. um, your loved ones. And so in the group also, we uh, just share. Some other ladies have posted other things that they come across, different exercises. And I've lately been showing my dad. I have a treadmill and he's walking on the treadmill and doing some other exercise. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So you, that's, that's what the group is all about, just to help other people that's going through the same thing. Like Denise said, you do want to get in a group with people that really understand what you're going through. I'm also in another group mm-hmm. and uh, for uh, elderly, I think it was uh, pa- er- elderly parent group. Mm-hmm. And um, so I take tips from them to share in my group. And so, you know,
0: it's just really nice to have a support system. Yeah. Like. That that sharing, that collaboration, because we know it takes a village.
2: Yes, it does.
0: (laughs) Yes. All right. Finally, Denise Brown, where can we find out more information on your organization?
1: You can go to CareYearsAcademy.com. And we also have a community on uh, Mighty Networks called Caring Our Way. So you can go to CaringOurWay.com to join our community and get your daily healing plan and your daily recovery plan as well
0: love that daily heal, heal, healing plan. um and Denise, any closing thoughts on you know on your in your on your uh, Facebook page on your well, Facebook page uh, I should say
2: well just for all your listeners, you are not alone. We are definitely here to support each and every one of you all that are listening like she Denise said you could go to her. Uh, or you can also come to me on Facebook, I'm Denise Jackson Rhodes, I have my own personal account and then I have my group, which is uh, health tips for women who care for the elderly and autism. So I we are just here to help everyone because there's so many people that uh, don't know where to go. So I'm so happy and thankful that you are sharing this information with people because they would be lost. And we're here. We're here. So you know, just look us. Okay. Look for us.
0: <laughs> That's right. And because we, you need it. You know, yes. here again, pers- per- speaking from personal experience, you need that support in the family, outside of family, and you don't know where it's going to come from. It could be someone you're talking to in a grocery store, and you happen to, you know, stumble upon some information about caregiving. You just keep your eyes and ears open. Right? So much yes. great stuff. Thank yes. you, ladies, for coming on the show. Hashtag good stuff thank you very much
1: thank you so much it was wonderful to connect with both of you
0: now i just want to say to my listeners if you have an idea for a podcast or if you want to be a guest on the show email us at info at again that's info at we would love to hear from you you can also find us on facebook and instagram All right, lovies. That's it for today. Thanks so much for tuning in to the podcast. I'm Marquita curtis Haynes, founder and CEO of the lifestyle brand, Ageless Glamour Girls. Here's to healthy aging and joyful living. Reconnect soon. Bye-bye for now.